The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. You have reached the life model decoy of Tony Stark. Please leave a message. Of course, that means I have brought with me the best of the... Hmm, that's not right at all, is it? No. The second best of the... Hmm, no, that's not right either. The average... Well, it's these guys. The <laughs> League of Substitute Podcasters. Of course, that means I have with me the cosmic comic guru, Dario. What's up, Dario? Hello, hello, hello. And the world's greatest sidekick, I guess, whatever, Paul. Yeah. How you doing, guys? Yeah. <laughs> and the defender of the Secret Wars, the man from beyond himself, John. What's up, John? Not much. Hi, y'all. Okay, so... Okay, what... time to go. Huh? <laughs> okay, time to go. Yeah. <laughs> Drummer, with a wave of his hand, John could wipe out. The That's right. His, universe. His, John couldn't. Just a wave John, of his hand can make you all like Secret Wars. John right. couldn't even wipe out Uranus with his own hand. <laughs> Speaking of which, I just saw a news report that uh, there was a big giant gas bubble that came out of the surface of Uranus the other day. That's not even. Wah, that's, not even that's not even. Sorry. That's not even a joke. That's real. Anyway. <laughs> So you can you can practice your stand up on your own time, sir. No, that's not even a joke. That was a real news story. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> a giant gas bubble came out of Uranus. Yeah. I can't say it without laughing. <laughs> I have a really bad feeling about this. <laughs> you and me both. All right, so let's get to it, gentlemen, and let's get to our mm, comic reviews for the month. And of course, as always, we are going to start with you, Dario. What do you got for? Oh, wait. That's right. Okay, I said earlier I don't have any reviews. You did but I will say tell that. you that I read stuff that I didn't buy. What? What? Don't get technical with me. <laughs> I read the Titans. I liked a lot. I read Green Green Arrow. I liked a lot, and I read Green Lantern. I liked it okay. That's the end of my review. Oh, good. Okay, good. <laughs> So then, um, eeny, meeny, miny, let's go with Paul. Paul, what do you have for us? I got one book. Oh, right. It's from, uh, DC Comics. Hmm. Surprise. It was, uh, that would be kind uh, of, I'd be, I would be down for that. That would be a cool movie, too. Couldn't be worse than the Alien vs. Predator, which I can't believe they screwed that movie up twice. Oh, my God. How do you screw that up? Aliens vs. Predator, how do you screw that up? Twice. Right? up. You have weird human alien bursts. Weird. <laughs> doesn't have uh Yeah, really. Doesn't Marvel have aliens too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they have all that stuff. Yeah, they do. So there you go. There's my reviews. No, I have stuff. 
Oh. While you were talking, I went upstairs because I did read things, and I just dug up some stuff I could talk about. Yay! <laughs> oh, and I'm, I'm calling you. I'm calling you out. Okay. Yeah, you, Mister. You're Mr. in trouble, as as hear, As soon as I hear time time travel, I say <laughs> I don't like it. To explain Doctor Who, buddy boy. <laughs> Doctor Who, most of the time. 75% of the time doesn't give a crap about time travel. He just goes to different times and does things. But when Steve Moffat was writing it, he got really tied up in, like, uh. following the story through different timelines. And I, I didn't like that. But if you watch any of the stuff all the way up to when, like, Sylvester McCoy was the doctor, they didn't care. They just were like, hey, look, it's 1832. <laughs> yeah, right. Go fight Daleks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> all right, Dario, what do you got for us? Okay, so first, I, I I didn't read this one yet, but I just want to show you, you that they you did come out it, with you... the Conan on Free Comic Book Day. Oh. And the art is pretty damn amazing. The interior is just as good as that yeah. cover. Wow. And I gotta, I'm, I first, the reason I didn't read this is because I thought it was just reprinting pages from the first issue, mm. but it looks like this is an original story. So anyway. Oh, cool. What was the artist's name? Uh, I will tell you. I'm glad you asked. Because you said that name looks like is, right? Uh, the writer is Grim Jim Zub. <laughs> artist <laughs> is Ravaging Rob Delator. The colorist is Villainous Jose Villarubia. <laughs> and the letterer is Riotous Richard Starkings. And the editor is Merciless Matt Murray. I love it. <laughs> are they trying to be like seven? They're trying to be like. 70s marble. Yeah. 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 Or 60s. Okay. So the first book I have is from Dynamite Comics and it's called Elvira in Monsterland. No. <laughs> as, as weird as it sounds, like, so Elvira's had like different miniseries over the last few, after the last few years. She did Elvira meets Vincent Price, which I didn't read, but I probably should have. Oh, yeah. And then there was another one called Elvira in the movies and i read that one and she got uh in these they're all they're all they're all connected all these miniseries and um she was being transported magically to up uh, to, to to like all the iconic movies like she went to alien she went to friday the 13th she went to all these things and um i think ultimately she was fighting against like dracula the first dracula who was like who was trying to take over movie verse <laughs> so it's very tongue-in-cheek it's got a lot of her a lot of her goofy jokes in it and she you know she's very meta but it's good i mean the art was pretty cool hmm. um so this continues that storyline where she's bouncing around monsterverse and in this first issue um dracula is recruiting every possible <laughs> incarnation of dracula that's ever been in media so oh the first one the first one that uh they recruit is they recruit the Bela Lugosi Dracula and it's in black and white, which is well, cool. cool. That is cool. And then uh, so um, this I don't know I don't even know who this guy is. This weird like kind of a Kolshak style detective shows up and uh, tells Elvira that she needs to go, you know, <laughs> into the movie verse and stop this from happening. She's like, whatever, I'll do it. So <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? <clears throat> like she encounters some Draculas I don't know about. Like there's this female Dracula that looks like it's probably from like a 
like a seventies hammer horror kind of a kind of a thing. Hmm. It's very oh, like interesting. When she walks in, she's like, "Oh, I know I'm about to interrupt the sex scene, but I'm here to stop you from being <laughs> from being recruited by Dracula." <laughs> and then uh, let's see, what's this other one? She goes to oh, so she goes to actually to the hammer horror one. So that's who's the guy that played Sauron in Lord of Rings? Um, Christopher Lee. Yeah, so that's the Christopher Lee one right there. Nice. Yeah. And nice. You can barely see it, but the guy crawling down the wall here is um Oh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh he was the seventies Dracula. He was he played he played Perry White in the Superman Lives movie. You know that guy now. It's a very very vague description of who the actor is. And which one? The Superman <laughs> Lives? Yeah, Superman Lives. You play Perry White. What's our edit- what's our editor in chief have to say? Keep going. I'm looking it up. Okay, and then wasn't didn't they have a George Hamilton? Uh, not George Hamilton. He's not in here. He should be George Hamilton. Oh man! So she goes to this one universe and she's like, "Oh my god, this is a really expensive film set." And she goes, "Oh, I must be in Francis Ford Coppola's movie." And then you <laughs> see that that's the uh, the Gary Oldman Dracula. <laughs> oh my god! Nice. I'm not seeing a Superman Lives movie. Are you sure that's the right one? Superman Returns. Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, well. She runs. She goes and she goes to Sesame Street and stops him from <laughs> recruiting Count the, the Count. She's a Muppet there. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, here we go. Ready? Pardon the interruption. I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. That actor is Frank Langella. That's it. Frank Langella who, played Dracula at one point. Who so, also played Skeletor in the He-Man movie. Yes, I should have known oh, that. Oh, really? Yes. We so it one. ends, this this issue ends with her, like, she she's able to, like, stop him from recruiting some of the Draculas. Like, he doesn't get the count, and he doesn't get Count Chocula. Oh, no. Count Chocula. <laughs> 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 but then she goes to another one, and she's like, "Wait a minute! This doesn't look. Just, this doesn't look like any Dracula movie I've ever seen." And then Frankenstein steps out. So issue two, <laughs> issue two, he's she's going to be stopping him from recruiting every version of Frankenstein. So I don't know where this is going, but it's it's that fun. <laughs> that actually looks interesting. Is that out now, yeah. or is that an older yeah, book? It just came out. It came out last week. Oh man, that looks hmm. awesome. And actually, on issue two, like. She mentions that there are people that are not going to know what's going on. So she's like, I'm going to catch you up. And she tells everybody, <laughs> she's like, this is everything that's happened. <laughs> so she's super meta about the whole thing. I love it. Uh, I love it. Love it. Love the, it. The creative team, the stories by David um, Avalon, the arts by Cuber Ball, the colors are by Walter Piara, and the letters are by Taylor Espinino. So I've enjoyed it. It's really good. Nice. Um, I'm gonna keep reading it. Like I, I like the one before this because uh, the other one was she went to Friday Thirteen. You know, yeah, she went to Nightmare on Elm Street's world, and they don't they don't use like Freddy or when she went to Alien. They don't use like the names of the people, but they change them just a little bit. It's obvious where they are. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. the universal stuff they can do. I love that. That's awesome. So the next one I want to tell you about is uh, I read issue one. Uh, but all I have here is issue two in front of me. It's Hollow's Eve. It's a new character created by Marvel. Oh, right. It's a character that came out of a, a Spider-Man event. 
And it's a girl who was given a magic bag by Madeline Pryor when she was in charge of Limbo. And the magic bag uh, is a Halloween mask bag. So she literally pulls out like 70s and 80s style like <laughs> masks with strings on the back and all that stuff. Huh. So she'll take out like a Dracula mask and put it on and she'll become a vampire. Or in this case, she takes out a she takes out a like a werewolf mask and she becomes a, a werewolf for a minute. But she's not evil per se. But her her boyfriend is um, Ben Riley, one of the, one of the clones oh. of Peter Parker. Oh yeah. right, yeah. the Scarlet Spider. Right. Yeah. yeah. But now yeah. he goes by Chasm. He's evil. Um, oh, Chasm, huh? Yeah. But anyway, so Chasm got captured, so she wants to free him. So in her series, she's trying to figure out how to free him. Hmm. So she breaks into a bank in order to steal something from a vault. And so she puts on a mask, a werewolf mask. And one of the things she's saying, she's like, I could just become a vampire and kind of like mesmerize people. But she's like, I don't want to wear a vampire mask because she's like, she wore a vampire mask twice. And each time she put it on... She was saying that the vampire, like the bloodlust, was kind of taking her over, and she doesn't want to do that. Oh, okay. So, but she's huh. okay when she puts on the werewolf one. She's mostly in control. So she scratches a a, pris- a, a, a vault guard, and she didn't realize that when she's uh, wearing the mask, she can pass it along the curse. So this guy becomes a werewolf. Oh no! She, <laughs> she feels really bad about the whole thing, so she's trying to figure out how to stop him from becoming a werewolf anymore. Oh, wow. Um, and I don't remember how this one ends because I read it a few weeks ago. Uh, oh, it, it ends because she has to put on the she's forced to put on the vampire mask, and she starts to kind of lose her lose her grip on it. Um, but she temporarily teams up with a police officer uh, because she's going to investigate um, the 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 vault guard's house to try and figure out how to help him. And she puts on one of the masks that she takes out is just a police mask. So she puts it on and hmm. all the other officers are like, Hey, I don't remember, I don't recognize you. And, <laughs> she, and she's like, Oh, I'm just a, I'm just an officer. <laughs> so, <laughs> that uh, sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. It's pretty cool. She's a very interesting character. She got a lot of like hype early on, but I don't know yeah, if she's taking off. That's kind of a cool uh, concept. Actually. I kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. And the writer is Erica Schultz. I hope I'm saying the last name right out here. It looks like Schultz. Uh, the colorist is Brian Reber. And uh, the artist is Michael Dowling. And the, and the letter is VC's Joe Caramaga. Yeah, so, of course. Uh, I really enjoyed issue one and issue two. They're not very fast reads, uh, but the art's, the art's really good. Mm. Um, I like the whole concept. The next issue and, has Spider-Man in it. What's that? The next issue has Spider-Man in it. Oh, does it? Hmm. Um, and I they don't. I can't say for sure if this is a miniseries or not. But I don't. I don't think it is. But those are my those are my books that I was able to grab real quick from my box here that I I read. <laughs> I have at least four other short boxes of stuff I haven't read yet. Hmm. All it. right. Cool. Well, what What did you think? What did you think of the green uh, Green Lantern? So. World? I have a little bit of a problem with Hal Jordan. I think Hal Jordan's kind of like in general, or right in this, like in this, in the this seventies and eighties kind of. There's a reason why they kind of dumped him in favor of uh, John Stewart and other characters. Uh, so, I mean, he's back. 
He hasn't changed. He's like, he's like, hey, I'm back, Carol. Can I fly a plane for you? <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the art's really good. The story kind of the story kind of recognizes Hal's like problem with being a womanizer and kind of going back to his old ways. Ah. And there's, so, always, we'll there, there's always there's uh, always Sinestro lurking oh. in there. And well, don't feel don't feel like you're being cheated out of that because Sinestro's in the first issue. Of course. Yeah, but it's only as, no. as a cameo. Yeah, he's just chilling out. He's wearing a hoodie. Sinestro in a hoodie. <laughs> Getting shots to Captain Morgan. Yeah. Like, I, I remember when I used to always read Green Lantern, I'd be like, you know what? We don't have enough of Sinestro in a hoodie. <laughs> all right. Is that all you got, Dario? Yeah, that's all I got. All right, then. It is time to move on. Hey, you know, I, got the most, I got the most use out of this book tonight. <laughs> yeah, really. Totally you know, it show like three times. Right? Yeah, that's going to be a record. All right. Every time it landed on the side, side of me on the bed. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Like I said, as I said, it is time to move on. Hail Hydra! <laughs> so now it is time for our off-the-shelf review. And uh, it was Paul's pick this week. And uh, Paul picked a little book called The Marvels Project. And The Marvels Project uh, was published by, you guessed it, Marvel. It was a limited series. Um, it actually came out, it was, the publication date is October 2009 to May 2010, uh, that gives it eight issues. The, uh, main characters in the book were Angel, Human Torch, Submariner, Captain America, Nick Fury, and John Steele. It was written by Ed Brubaker, who is a great writer. Uh, the artist was Steve Epting, who I love. And the letterers were, letterer was Chris Eliopoulos, and the colorist was Dave Stewart. And um, so basically, uh, basically the synopsis is, The Marvel's Project details the origins of timely comics-era superheroes in the Marvel Universe, such as Captain America, Namor, the Human Torch, and the Angel. So, um, I... I wanted to read this, but I totally somehow missed, forgot that it was coming up, and I missed, and I didn't end up reading it. Um, so, what'd you think of it, Paul? Well, to be honest, I didn't, I didn't get to finish it, but what I read of it was amazing. Really? Yep, I absolutely Ex love the artwork. Yeah. Oh, I love Steve Epting. And He's I absolutely great. love the storyline. Um, granted, it was kind of hard, a little. Little parts of it was kind of hard to follow because they got like two or three storylines going at the same time. Right. Yep. But all in all, I loved it. The only story, the only part of the story I had a problem with was the John Steele character. I don't quite know who he is. Mm. Like I knew all right. the other characters, yeah. but him I didn't know. Is has he even been presented in like modern day comics at all? I don't know, but everybody, everybody, in, everybody of. in the book is a is a timely character, so it's right. all they're all characters that were published. Yeah, yeah now, I'm completely not familiar with him at all. If they were all timely characters, did timely comics have um, an actual an actual superhero called the 
the Phantom Bullet? Or yeah. Did they just? I think so. Yeah, those are all characters that they had. Hmm. Uh, we can go to our editor for that one. Editor. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> well, I look it up. Um, but I mean, looking like because the story takes place during World War Two, which was the time in the beginning of Henry Comic slash Marvel. Um, to me, it was almost like an origin story for um, the Invaders minus Toro. Well, Toro was in it in the end. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> but I just, Pardon the interruption. Well, I have some news which I believe you will find most interesting. So, uh, some of the characters that came out of Timely Comics, of course, were Submariner, American Ace, Angel, Archie the Gruesome, Black Marvel, ah, Black Marvel, who they brought back a few years ago, um, Black Widow, Blazing Skull, Blonde Phantom, Blue Blade, Blue Blaze, Bucky Barnes, Blue Diamond, Captain America, Captain Terror, Captain Wonder, Challenger, Citizen V. Um, I think we might have discussed him a little bit when we did the Thunderbolts, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and there's a whole list of other ones. Was there one in particular you were asking about? Phantom Phantom Bullet we were asking about. Phantom Bullet. Phantom Bullet, yes. Was um came out in Daring Comics number two, February nineteen forty. Yeah. Alright, because I was just I was just I mean I never heard of them before. I thought maybe it was just for the story for the story nope. concept. He has been around since nineteen forty. A lot of those guys that you mentioned, Derek, were also uh, being used by Dynamite Comics because Dynamite did a whole bunch of stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah, they did like the I remember project that, yep. superheroes. I was yeah. reading that stuff, yeah. That was good stuff. So they had they had the black hero. Um what was uh, what was the blue one they called? Which one? The it was blue blue is it blue talon? Blue blade, blue blaze. <laughs> Yeah, maybe Blue Blaze. Blue Diamond. Ah, oh, Blue Diamond, yeah. Blue Diamond Phillips. Sure. Blue Diamond Phillips. <laughs> that was good. I like that. What about the green... What about the green llama? The what? <laughs> the, oh, the green llama. I thought you said the green mama. I did, too. <laughs> I mean... I don't see the green llama they, listed here. Green Lama, yeah, I don't know if he was a timely one or not, but he's a, he was a, a 40s character. Yeah. Right. Um, they also got, in here, they got Nick Fury. Oh, yes. Yep. And and I guess they call they call him Red. Hey. Red Hargrove. Right. So who he's is like, he? I think he was just like one of uh, Sergeant Fury's howling commandos. Well, because he said that he... He's tired of being in a uh, science experiment. He wants to know what he is. Um, hmm. That was um, um. I don't see him listed. John here. Steele. John Steele was the guy from World War Two. I mean, yeah. World War One. He was from World War One. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. yeah. John Steele was sick of being a science project. Red Red Hattigrove, I don't. Right. I don't think he had superpowers. Or... Yeah. John Steele was also first introduced in Daring Mystery Comics number one. But, I mean, some of the panels that they've drawn, 
some of the panels that they've drawn almost look like almost like photographs that they would take during oh, yeah. World War Two. That Steve Epting. Yeah, I, don't know. I I yeah. love Steve Epting's artwork. He does some great you stuff see? like that. Yeah, great shadowing and stuff. Yeah, like that, that. Para, that paratroopers picture that you have up there is really really good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And the, when they have um, further in the book they have they have like a back flash page of like uh, like an experiment laboratory <coughs> that you would see oh. like in Frankenstein with the big electrical current conductors. What I really liked about it was how they connected, how they connected all like the 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 the, the doctor that was working on Project Rebirth, uh, how they uh, did his whole thing, right, and how they actually showed how he defected to the U.S. They did all that. I like right. how they showed um, the guy that they brought over to kill him and Steve Rogers, and he had uh, had that whole scene where he was the, he was going to go to the project rebirth to see steve rogers become captain america not necessarily see that but to stop it and he wrote his letter to his wife about how you know he loves his wife he loves his homeland i thought that was really cool because it was like this is just a dude that's kind of like he's a nazi but he's doing (laughs) his he's just doing his job right yeah yeah it's kind of then there were the horrible nazis like the red skull yeah that actually that enjoy what they're doing yeah it's hard to it's hard to remember sometimes that some of them are just soldiers doing what they you know right. So I like I really like that part of the book. I thought it was really good. And then I also liked the little things like with the Human Torch. Like I, I've read a hundred times, especially in the Marvels. Uh, we've all read the Marvels like book. Oh yeah, uh, where where they um, the Human Torch you know was put in the, in the concrete and he got out. Oh But right. in this particular yeah. story. They did yeah. that whole thing where he was like hanging out on the farm, you know, trying to just learn about himself and maybe think about Frankenstein because when Frankenstein escapes, right. he lives under a dude's house for a long time trying to figure out what he is. Mm. So, well, Frankenstein's mm. monster, not Frankenstein, but they also know. when they did when they did the um the human torch fight with against Namor. Yeah, that was great. Oh yeah, at Coney Island. Insane. Yeah, and then they they show they show things like you know how the Human Torch was victorious, but they say that it it wasn't it didn't it's not so it wasn't a good day for Namor as yeah. he <laughs> it, it gave yeah. it like two the two specters and how much um how much he hates New York because how uh, how the Nazis the Nazis were using Atlanteans. Yeah, it's they were, they were killing all the Atlanteans to study him. Mm. Right, yeah. and and the Americans are like nonchalant, going to Coney Island, having a good time, <laughs> almost like they don't care. Yeah, you know, and that kind of infuriated him. That's what set him off. Yeah. So, I mean, it gave, it gave it like a different perspective of the whole conflict that started it, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And it, well, it gave a perspective from both sides, not just one, like a right. third party. Right, yeah. I mean, you still had your clear villains and all that stuff. I mean, there was no mistake right. what was going on, but... I like yeah. I, do, I like how they when they when they do these stories with like the old like old timely characters or whatever like or with the Marvels or whatever they they go back to these old stories and and bring new new um 
new things to them. I, I, I always think that's kind of fun. Well, did you ever read The Twelve by Straczynski? Yeah. Did I? No. To, to, so The Twelve is the same thing. He takes 12 characters from the timely golden age and kind of, what happens? They, they go on a mission during the war and they get trapped somewhere and they get basically put in cryogenic freeze and they all wake up in like the 90s or the 2000s and they got to deal with like the changes in time and all that stuff. It's a miniseries, 12 issue miniseries and it focuses on each of the 12 characters it's it's interesting. You should try that. If you like this, you'd like that. I read. I mean, I read. Hmm. Interesting. The um the superpowers from Dynamite. Yeah, superpowers is good, but the twelve was put out by Marvel. It's like it's almost like the Forgotten Heroes, right? Yeah, but it's not that. But yeah, I know right, you. Right. Yeah. Um, Dynamite. Dynamite sometimes does some good stuff with them too, with older characters yeah. like that, or they make they've made up some some characters. Also, that seem they're like older character. Anyway, I think everything Dynamite like, used is 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 open licensed, uh, open. Um, yeah, I don't know, like Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they call him Daredevil anymore. They call him the Man Called Daredevil or something like that. Right. And then there's a 3D Man. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and he looks he looks like the 3D Man, but he was yeah. called Daredevil. <laughs> well, there's two of them. 3D Man. And then he had Daredevil's the black and white. 3D Man's got three colors going on. Yep. Green, white, and something else. Red. Yeah. And he had, like, boomerangs, didn't he? What? He had, like, boomerangs as weapons. Uh, Daredevil used boomerangs. Right. All right, nice. So, um, overall, um, well, you guys recommend this, yes? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a really good creative team, and I thought it was a good book. Yeah, excellent. Great right. art. Good story. Nice. I mean, like I said, I got up to the pot where they introduced the Red Skull. Oh, yeah. And... The way he the way he drew the red skull was amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. Again, I, really, really uh, I absolutely lot. love Steve. Did you read? Artwork. Did you, Paul? Did you read his Captain America stuff? Because if, if you ever read that, you need to go back and read it. I've never read yeah. his Captain America stuff. Oh, it's really oh, good. Yeah, I read it. it was that's really where, good. That's where they. That's where they shoot him, right? Where they shoot Steve. Well, he, they do a lot. They do a lot prior to that. Yeah, that's the team that brought back Bucky. Yeah, and all that so stuff. Winter, even before right, that, they brought back the winter. Well, they brought back winter. Ah, Bucky is a winter soldier. Yeah, yeah. The main character, the main villain was Foss. Right? Was who? Foss. Yeah. F A U S T. Oh yeah, Faust. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, like red hair and glasses. Yeah. And he was working. He was working with the Red Skull. And Aramzo. And that guy with yeah. Not not man not. Modoc, but what's the guy with his faces in his chest? That's Aaron Zola. Yeah. Zola. Yeah. Yeah. Right, he kind of looked like that guy from uh, Crag from Teenage Ninja Turtles. Crag? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you see, that reminds me, have you guys seen the meme of, of um, <laughs> Grogu from The Mandalorian? He grabs Crag's oh, yeah. um, exoskeleton suit and <laughs> runs away with it, and Crag's like, no, stop! anyway so there you go that's our off the shelf book this week um the marvels project and uh highly recommended so good choice paul good choice so let's move on shall we hail hydra all right so we got just a couple of (laughs) just a couple of other topics to discuss before we sign off and the first thing is um 
Dario, you wanted to mention something about ROM and the Micronauts. Yeah, so a big, big announcement. Big, huge, huge. The entire industry collectively gasped. (laughs) (laughs) So after 20 or 30 years of being out of print, Marvel has once again got the rights to reprint the entirety of the ROM saga with all the crossover bits that have been out of print for a long time in an omnibus. And they're also doing a facsimile of issue one with that amazing Frank uh-huh. Miller cover, which is really good if you think about it. I mean, Frank Miller's art now is trash. I don't know if you've seen the Wolverine, the Wolverine like cover he's releasing. No. Uh, look it up. It's absolutely ter- terrible. It's worse. <laughs> really? It's like, Frank Miller? Going, Frank Miller Wolverine cover. It's coming out this year. It looks like it looks like you're five-year-old son drew it it's worst and uh so that marvel got the rights for rom and they're doing two separate omnibuses because it's a, such a huge run what and they also whoa, announced yeah there whoa, you go whoa, whoa. John, it's terrible it's the worst no oh, come on that's yeah. a joke right that's uh, not a joke it's for real oh my that's awful it, and, looks, uh, like Dark, it looks like dark knight returns three yeah and they also oh. announced a couple of days after ROM that they uh, got the rights to do Micronauts. And it's yes. funny because I was talking to a friend of mine that parts of me think that Hasbro has decided that their their studio is never going to do anything with ROM because they were gonna they were gonna like make a ROM movie oh, yeah, and do all right. this stuff. Yeah. I think they basically figured they can't do anything with it. So if they just give it to Marvel, maybe Marvel will do something with it. So mm. why not? Yeah, yeah. really. So do do um well, first of all let me just say when I'm looking up this Frank Miller Wolverine cover they have it right next to the the first issue of Frank Miller Wolverine cover oh. you know way huh nice um my way back, daughter drew this it's a uh, Rom's head with toast coming out of it <laughs> who drew <Nice>. that <laughs> um anyway so they have they have the the new Wolverine cover by the original Wolverine cover and it just so, you know, like you do, you, it's hard to believe it's even the same artist. Right, I agree. That's yeah, and so the one of the other guys that we had on pre comic day also drew this run for me. This nice. huge one, very nice. That's awesome. You showed me, show me that at the store. Um, yeah, it's great. I love it. They draw me a ROM every year because they know I like the character so much. Um, for some reason. Um, now let me ask you something. <laughs> if Marvel had a chance to. To do all new stuff, we'd be into it. Oh yeah, for sure. I don't care is how bad there, stuff that buy it. Is there any indication that there may be some new stuff coming at all? <clears throat> no, there's zero indication. But mm. I, it, it is my hopes. Max, don't crack. Don't scratch that. Don't crack. It's my hopes that they do that. <laughs> go, Max. Go scratch it. Now, he's he saw me messing around with his bookshelf, and he's like, "Oh, things I can scratch." And somehow, as soon as you said that, my neighbor's dog started barking. What the heck? <laughs> He's going to go, Max is going to go straight to that wrong picture. He might. I think that's what he was going yeah. after. Better go um, hide it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of cool. But, yeah, it's it'd be nice. But if, what if they get back to rights to Godzilla at this point? Oh, if they reprint the Godzilla? Man, the crossovers. Oh, they just, oh, That'd I would love great. it. That would be awesome. Have Arthur, have Arthur Adams draw it? Ooh. Oh, that'd be great. That would be great. Well, all right, so that's all we have on that. So uh, let's talk about something Maybe else. Maybe they can get the rights to G.I. Joe, too. Well, there's talk. Uh, no, G.I. Joe and Transformers went to uh, Image. 
Yeah, but there's there's speculation, just rumors. Like, were, oh, maybe I they could they get them back property, someday. But they were property of IDW. They were, but now they were, they're uh, IDW they lost image, it. and yeah. there's also talk of uh, them actually realistically doing a Transformers G.I. Joe movie crossover. Mm. Really? Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that since I'm not a fan of either of the movies. <laughs> well, if they did the movies right, like this next movie, I think the Beast Wars movie it, actually might be okay I because gotta I think say, they rebooted their entire universe. I'm they? kind of, in, well, sort of a soft reboot. I'm kind of intrigued by this upcoming movie and, and I'm afraid I'm going to have my heart broken again, but I'm kind of interested in seeing it, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll be there for you, buddy. We'll gather <laughs> tissues waiting for you. Yeah. I'm going to need more. Actually, I'm going to need more than tissues because I ain't going to be crying. I'm going to be very angry. Well, I got, I got a, a case. Of, I got a case of fox for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So let's move on to our next subject. Hail Hydra! And it is Paul. You wanted to talk a little bit about the writer, the writers' strike going on and how it's affecting some things um i mean i heard i heard i get new uh notifications like on marble stuff mm-hmm. for the in the dc uh disney plus mm-hmm. and they said that because of the writer's strike that marvel put the thunderbolt movie officially on hold and they stopped production yep and the so, wonder man series as well Right. Oh, thank God! <laughs> oh, come on, we gotta not... see Wonder Man. I want to see his, his best buddy, the blue, the blue furry guy. <laughs> you know who the blue furry guy is now? The blue furry guy is evil. Well, now he is in the books. Oh, the I'm beast is evil now. Oh yeah, yeah. But isn't he more than just evil now? Isn't he like he's like reached, he's God? He's reached God status. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so so like a mutant, he evolved. Ooh. All right, good job, guys. Um, yeah, so Thunderbolts has been put on hold, and the Wonder Man series has been on, on put on hold. Um, Deadpool 3 is filming, but Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is not legally permitted to improvise lines. Oh, no. <laughs> really? He has to go with what has already been written. Yes. Um... And there was a couple other things. Um, Daredevil was has been delayed. Was uh, it the Runaways too? The Runaways, no. The Runaways is done. That ended a while ago. But they just took it off Disney Plus, or they're taking it off of Disney Plus for some reason. Runaways was on Hulu. Or they're taking it off. It's on both actually. They're taking. Oh, it? It, they're take. They're removing it for some reason. I don't know why. Because it sucks. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but. They were moving a bunch of stuff. Most of the stuff I don't care about, but a couple of things I do. Um, and I don't know if this is because of the writer's strike, but it, um, Loki Season 2 got pushed back to October 6th. Um, and Echo is coming out in November 29th. <laughs> and for e- the Echo series, which I don't know who actually, how many people actually care about Echo, but... They're releasing the entire series all at once instead of doing it once a week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that, too. And I don't know if that's because of the writer's strike or what, but, yeah. So, there's a few things getting affected, which I knew this was going to happen when they announced the writer's strike. How, how long, how long will they... No idea. 
really? no idea. So this could still have some more reaching effects. I remember the last time there was a writer strike. Mm, I don't remember. The writer strike ruined Lost. I mean, Lost yeah. was was very strong at the time, yeah. and the writer strike destroyed like major story arcs. Yeah, I guess. Um, the writer strike also the last time there was a writer strike, it did that. It also ended up. Um, couple of series that I was really enjoying got canceled, like Pushing Daisies. Yeah. And um, what was that one about the devil, the devil's son or something? I don't remember. But there was a good, another good series that I really enjoyed that got canceled because of the writer's strike. So, yeah, these, you know, some... I'm not going to get into the whole thing about the writers or whatever, but and what they're asking for and everything, but the strikes do have some some lasting effects, which sometimes are not great. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, mm-hmm. So let's move on, shall we? Hail Hydra! Um, the last thing we wanted to talk about was Guardians of the Galaxy, which we've all seen, except Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy, gentlemen? Well, I thought it was a little uh, oh, emotional. Volume 3, by the way. The also spoiled stuff like that but it was very <laughs> emotional yes very emotional i get i get choked up uh <laughs> i actually so i went it to was go very s- dark too. it was very it was a lot darker than the other two i went to go see it with my dad and i uh, were sitting there in the theater and a couple times i was like don't cry don't cry your dad's right next to you don't cry <laughs> 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 anyway uh go ahead continue john yes a very dark <laughs> Well, you know, you, you got to bring a box of tissues with you. You go see this movie, <laughs> let me tell you. But, uh, it's emotional. Yeah, so I don't know, like, how much we want to give away. I know you did the spoiler it's been alert. A, it's been a few weeks, so, yeah, we'll do spoiler alert. We'll, we're going to spoil stuff. So Okay, so I, I thought it was very interesting how, you know, Rocket Raccoon never wants to be called a raccoon. And then finally, <laughs> right, in yeah. this movie, sorry, Paul, but... Uh, I I um he sees oh go ahead I was gonna say I read I used to I I'm not sure if I still have it or not but I used to have the original Rocket Raccoon miniseries mm-hmm. yes and um it was a great story and um yeah so it was Mike it was, Magola artwork yeah it was mm-hmm. great to see it adapted I really enjoyed that yeah it I mean it's been a while since I've read it but it looks pretty cool, accurate to the storyline that I saw in the movie mm. so um. Uh, to make this a little easier, I want to do I want to do something that we've done on other um, some of my other podcasts, and it's called the good, the bad, and the nitpicky. So pick some things that you thought were good, maybe something you thought was bad. You don't have to have anything if you don't have anything, and hopefully you have something good <laughs> and some nitpicky stuff. Who would like to go first? I can go. Okay. I liked I liked all the scenes with Rocket, even as as yes. as rough as they were to watch. Yes, uh, and I love the fact that the High Evolutionary was probably the best villain that Marvel's put in movies to this date. I thought they did a good job with him. Yes, he's really the. I mean, if you think about it, out of all the villains that they've had, every single one, including Thanos and all the other ones, mm. I mean. I hated. I wanted him to die so badly. <laughs> I thought that was good. The bad, the bad was. I'm a little bummed out that I feel that I feel like um, 
that the Christmas special was better than this movie. Mm. <laughs> uh, I think the Christmas special was and told a really good story and was funny and was everything the Guardians of the Galaxy was. And I feel like that this movie was disjointed because they had to put in Warlock mm. and yeah. the whole scene with the multicolored space suits and oh, going yeah. into that weird right. space station. I hated that. And I really don't think I needed to see Gamora take a crap. Um, <laughs> so there's stuff like that. Uh, the ugly. Um, I didn't need to see Gamora take a crap. The nitpicky, <laughs> not the ugly. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good. I liked the movie a lot. I just, I just, I just feel like they could have pulled some stuff out and made it a tighter movie. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. What about you, John? Like everything about Rocket and his whole story was great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what about you, John? What do you think of? What do you got for the, some good, some good. bad, and some nitpickies? The good was. Uh, there were certain points where it was very funny where Drax would say <laughs> under his breath, second best friend, second you know, oh, yeah. he's my best friend. <laughs> like, second best friend, you know, and stuff like that, right? So that was the good I, I felt. Yes, uh, yes. The um the the bad I felt was too dark, too sad, you know, in certain parts. And the nitpicky, I felt like there was not enough of Rocket Raccoon. I felt like, you know, yeah, you that. got him a little bit the beginning, like the first five minutes in the beginning. Right. And then like the last half hour, which is good, but it's like, he's right. He's like he, part of the comedy. Yeah. Right. And right. You, you he's had a lot of, he, like, most of his stuff is the part. movie. Yeah. But most of his stuff was, was flashbacks. Yeah. It was all flashbacks. Yeah. But I, I feel like it was the, different. His, yeah. The, the best part of, this Guardians of the Galaxy, I thought one was the music and two the camaraderie of the group, right, uh, right, right. the dysfunctional dysfunctional camaraderie. Yeah, you know, <laughs> on the comical side of it, I I always feel and I still feel to this day the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie is the best movie Marvel has put out, and maybe the second one. There's been a couple others, but mm-hmm. that's that's my thoughts on the movie. Anyways, I agree that I agree that I like the first one's definitely the best one. Um, so for me, some of the good stuff, um, as I said, I loved that they covered Rocket's origin story. That was great. Um, mm. I like, I like what they did with the high evolutionary. What do you think? Is he dead, dead, or is he? <laughs> he's alive. <laughs> I mean, they didn't actually. I think he's alive. Someone pointed out to me at the store that, that he, that they, they, they pulled him off the exploding ship. I think they yeah. did. Yeah, I think so. See, I, what I would have loved to have seen. Actually, I'll save that for my bad. Um, some other good things is um, it. I I liked the emotions in it. I thought it was good. Um, I thought they handled Rocket's story really, really well. They did a really good job with it. Um, only a couple of things I actually have that are bad. Um, one is I was very disappointed in in the soundtrack. Not that it was bad overall, but. It was it was the weakest out of all soundtracks. Yeah, I mean, Guardians yeah. is kind of known for their soundtracks, so yeah. it was definitely not not the greatest. Well, because every every movie they kind of they kind of move up right the genre a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there were some good songs and everything, but overall, it was disappointing. Um, Peacemaker had a better soundtrack. Yeah, and the the other the other bad for me was the after credit scenes. I thought they were kind of weak. Um, the, the first one was okay, seeing the new 
version of the Guardians and everything, that was okay. That was a fun little scene, but that oh, would have yeah. been better if the last, the final after credit scene was like a really good scene, but it really wasn't. It was kind of like it was like after watching it, I was like, why did I sit through the credits for this? It, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, it was Star Lord eating eating cereal with his dad. <laughs> his grandfather. His, his, his grandfather. grandfather. <laughs> yeah. And then it says you know, Star Lord will return, whatever. It's like he's eating he's eating oh, I can't remember the name of the cereal anymore. It's like the weird like alien dude. Uh Quisp. Was it Quisp? No, oh yes, Quisp. yeah. Yeah, I think it was. It might have been. But anyway, he's eating he's eating cereal with his grandfather and he's just like, Yeah, so I'll mow lawn for you later today. And then he's like, you yeah. know, talk about stuff in the neighborhood and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was. I found it very disappointing. Good news for you, Paul, though. Peter, um, Star Lord is coming back. <laughs> yeah, yay. <laughs> um, so that that was really the only two bad things for me. Um, there was. A I f- was. What? Go ahead. I was. I was the. I was the betrayal of Adam Warlock. I'll no, get to that, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, well, maybe I won't watch it. Um, so my nitpickies, the only really, the only really nitpickies I had was, um, I again, there, I had mixed feelings about the about Rocket being in the movie. He, you know, he was in the movie, but it was mostly flashbacks. So I kind of wish there had been more of the, the like you said, Dario Rocket's kind of the uh, kind of relief. Yeah, he's kind of like good with the with yeah. the comedy and this and the quips and stuff and everything. Um, and then <laughs> one of my only other nitpickies was I was actually disappointed to see Nathan Fillion in the movie because I still would like to see him as Wonder Man, and that's just not happening. They got cut out of the second movie, right? Yeah, and the Wonder they Man they filmed it, but they cut it out of the second movie. Yeah, and the Wonder Man series is not starring Nathan Fillion, so. That's disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really I can't really think of too many other nitpickies offhand. I'm sure I have some, but I can't think. Oh yeah, the only other nitpicky is going back to the soundtrack. Um, as much as I do like No Sleep Till Brooklyn, I did not like where they put it in the movie in the fight scene, and I didn't like how they chopped it up in the fight scene. And it's like the third movie this year to use that song, so it's like enough already. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of my favorite scenes was when Drax tried to take a nap on the couch. <laughs> that was awesome, yeah. <laughs> Don't lay on the couch. He runs right out on the couch and they're like, Drax, this isn't your house. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as far as Adam Warlock goes, um, I put him in all three categories, good, bad, and nitpicky. <laughs> um, it's like, hmm. Yeah, I kind of found him a little disappointing overall. I mean, you know, he, yeah, he had a, oh boy, he had his big, um, you know, he, hero scene at the end and everything. But overall, I was very disappointed with how they handled Adam Warlock. And how I feel about it is actually going to de- depend on one thing, whether or not we see him again. If mm-hmm. we see him again in the, Mar- in the MCU, then fine, I can put this aside and say, okay, they can, you know, this was just his first appearance. They can do a better job with him. But if we don't ever see him again, then it sucked. <laughs> I agree. Now, yeah. someone made a point that I thought was pretty good, and they said that I shouldn't think that I shouldn't be disappointed at how they portrayed Adam Warlock. I should just be think that they did a pretty good job of portraying him because he's playing 
He just came out of his cocoon. Right. He's yeah. a newborn, more or less. I get doesn't that. Really but know, no. Doesn't really know a whole lot of stuff. Right. Because he doesn't really become Adam Warlock, per se, until after the high evolutionary messes with him. And then, because every time right. he goes into yeah. a cocoon and comes back, he's supposed to progress mentally and, right. and physically. So he's been in the comic, he went into the cocoon a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Which is. He did that, he did that during uh, <laughs> Infinite Gauntlet, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, goes back he, to. He came back to life after the. Um, which goes back, back to what I said. If we see him again and they can, you know, improve his character, great. Then I'll be happy. If we never mm-hmm. see him again, then I hated it. Right. Um, <laughs> the only other two things I will say, and this doesn't really, I don't know if this necessarily fits in the good, bad, or nitpicky, but one. Um, one thing I would love to have seen as like a, a end credit scene is I would love to have seen a scene where like Kang comes comes in and like rescues the high evolutionary and says, "Oh, you're not done yet." And that would have been interesting in my mind. That um, would have been interesting because that would have been like the beginning mm-hmm. of the of the Thanos the scenes. You know how like Thanos yes. is at the end of everything, progressing the storyline. Yes, exactly. God That's what I was I hoping hated, for. I hated the Council of Kangs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the council, yeah. Um, that goes back to Quantumania. Ah! Ooh, you're right oh. there? Yeah, <laughs> That's not a painful. Um, and the other thing is, the other thing that I, that I wanted to mention was, this movie is one of the few movies I've ever seen that starts with one of the cutest, most adorable scenes ever that immediately goes into one of the most depressing scenes ever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Because it starts with the baby, the baby uh, raccoons and stuff. Oh, adorable! And then it goes into nowhere where Peter Quill is drunk and Rocket's all bummed out, and everybody's all. <laughs> so that was an interesting. Yeah. But I think they did. I all actually well. missed that part. I got to the movie theater a little late because I went right after work. Uh, um, I got I got there right when Wal- oh, Adam right. Warlock showed up to fight them all. Oh, uh, you know. Don't get technical with me. Um. <laughs> um. All right. So. Hail Hydra. <laughs> Hail Hydra. Um. Anything else we wanted to bring up about the movie before we sign off? No. Nope. All right. So there you go. Overall, pretty good. Not the best out of the three, but um, and a little sad because it is the final. You know, the final time we'll see all of them together. I really, I really dug how uh, Groot looked at the end. Yes, like, Groot was huge. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I do. Yeah. I did like. I liked that they finally got Groot back to being, you know, Groot. Although he didn't, he kind of played more of a sidekick role. So, Paul, you might, you know, you might enjoy that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <thank you. laughs> but there you go. There's our opinion of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. What? If that's the case, then why can't I be Hydra Bob? (laughs) (laughs) You can be. You can be if you want. You'll be Hydra Hydra Paul, Paul. though. You'll be Hydra Paul. Um, You think you're going to hang out with uh, Deadpool? Hey. (laughs) All right. So is there anything else we wanted to bring up before we signed off for the night? Nope. Nope. All right, then. Once again, thank you guys for joining me. As always, it's fun. It's been fun. Thank you. (laughs) And, of course, (laughs) a big thank you out there to all of you listening. We really do appreciate it. And 
until we see Nightwing eating cereal with his grandfather, that's going to do it for us. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! Thank you for your cooperation.